Welcome back, everybody. It is the Osmo.com NHL DFS strategy show. We've got a nice eight gamer. I was going to say little, not a little slate, though. We've had a handful of those recently, but uh, good size slate. Uh, I'm joined by Slim Cliffy, Michael Clifford. How's it going, man? It's going well. Uh, I'm looking forward to this slate. We were talking a little bit before the show about what this is shaping up like. And, you know, with so many games going on all in all the time, you know, it seems like you have these studs on every slate. And, yeah, we have Boston and Toronto here, but no McDavid, no McKinnon. Boston kind of not in a great spot and expensive. We'll get to that later. Like, there are a lot of different spots you can go here tonight. I mean, I mean, I think there are bad spots, but I think it, it leaves it up open to a lot more uh, fluid lineups and, and different things and, and different, you know, mixes. You know, you might be rostering players you haven't rostered all season. It's, it's one of those slates, and it's nice to change things up a little bit. Yeah, and I think if you're, if you're willing to change things up, if you're playing a lot of lineups tonight, I think uh, pretty good edge. You know, people not going out as much. Uh, these days but there's still some people you know maybe going and hanging out putting their lineups in the afternoon and I think you're going to see some ownership on some players that like either aren't going to be playing or they're not going to have the correct lines Um, so that always presents a pretty good opportunity when you're plugged in and playing every day Uh, did you play the early slate at all I guess I forgot there was even one going on yeah no today I I took the I took the afternoon off just did prep for this and I was playing uh, I shouldn't say playing I was losing at League of Legends DFS yeah uh, I did not uh, play it either. So there are projections and stuff for it. Alex ran ownership, so that was nice. I mean, certainly some people in chat, I'm sure, uh, were playing it. But I was focused on the main slate, and I agree. Pretty good one. Pretty good one for today. Um, so we're going to break it down really quick off the bat so I don't uh, forget. Sometimes I do forget. We've got free premium content going on for today. NHL Top Stacks, one of the favorite tools on the site, especially for NHL DFS players. We've got it for MLB uh, and got it for NFL and basically every sport. League of Legends, we've got a Top Stacks tool for League of Legends. Stacking very important in that sport, as I found out last March. Um, But that is going to be unlocked for everyone. Also, if you're playing NBA, we've got a bunch of NBA shows coming on right after this. Uh, NBA Big Board is going to be free. And then MMA, we've got an MMA slate projections free today so go build some lineups using our mma projections feel free to uh, jump on all that and uh to start off the show if you guys want to drop us a like that helps us out a ton and what helps us out even more is subscribing that also helps you out so you know when we go live for not just nhl but uh all of our other sports you know mma we'll have a live before lock tonight we'll have uh nba as always, there's like 14 NBA shows. You can basically always find NBA. So Jordan, working hard behind the scenes. He's got all those shows today. So, uh, you know, give him some love as well. All right, let's get into the games. Boston and the New York Islanders. 2.8 implied total for the Bruins. 2.4 for the Islanders. Tuka Rask and Semyon Varlamov. Your uh, projected goalies, Rask, is confirmed Halak went last night for the Bruins. 1-0 win. Uh, that slate, I just want another one I just want to forget last night. Uh, it was just a two-gamer, but was just dead wrong on a lot of stuff. So I got crushed pretty good. Tonight's a new night. Still got Boston. 
I guess the most important thing here is how we think the matchups are going to go in case we want to play some Islanders here. What say you, Clippy? Yeah, uh, you know, earlier in the season, they had been using the Brock Nelson uh, line as their matchup line against opposing top lines when they're at home. In fact, when they hosted Boston like a week into the season, uh, it was Brock Nelson lined up against Bergeron and Pasternak. But that was with Anthony Beauvillier uh, in the lineup. Now, he's maybe not like a superstar player, but he's a very, very solid two-way winger, like, a, like I'd say in the vein of like a Nino Niederreiter type. Obviously, I don't think he's that good, but he's kind of rounding into that. And that's I think that's why they used um, Nelson and, and Beauvillier in that shutdown role. Now, Beauvillier's out. Uh, Jordan Everly and Michael Dal Cole are the wingers on that line now. So, you know, I can't see them matching up Michael Dal Cole uh, up against Pasternak and Marshall for 15 minutes tonight. So I'm assuming it's going to be the Barzal line again. So that pretty much takes the Barzal line um, out of play for me. I'm not going to be playing them tonight. And also Boston won. Like, they're super expensive, right? They're over $24,000 on the road against the Islanders. Like, it's not, even a, it's not even a good matchup for that Boston top line. And the thing with Boston is we rely on their power play production a lot because those three guys obviously uh, play on the power play together. Boston's power plays, you know, at or near the top of the league uh, pretty much every year. But the Islanders are taking the third fewest penalties of any team in the NHL this season. So if they only take... You know, Boston only gets two power plays. That really cuts into the upside for a line that's $24,000. Like, we'll see when ownerships come up. Uh, I don't think we've run them for the late slate just yet. So I'd, I'll be interested to see where they are considering their price uh, and matchup in, on an eight-game slate. You know, if we can get them in single digits, yeah, I'd say, you know, maybe put a couple lineups in. Um, but if they're going to come in like 10 15% at that price on the road, i I think it's an easy fade for me or coming underweight um, if you're playing, you know, a ton of lineups in MME. So I'm dropping down to the Boston second line, actually. Krejci, Craig Smith, Nick Ritchie, they've been really good in a small sample this year. I don't think that should surprise anybody. Ritchie's long been a really good two-way uh, middle six winger. Craig Smith, you know, his underlying metrics have screened top line winger basically his entire career. David Krejci's still a solid playmaking center. Like that to me that they have good numbers in a small sample makes sense. And they're matching up against the Islanders' second line. And the Islanders' second line, you know, Dow Cole's there. He's not very good. Jordan Eberle, his strength is offense, not defense. So I think Boston's second line there can make a nice uh, little secondary stack if you're going to fit in something super expensive, you know, maybe like the Toronto top line or something like that. Yeah, I like Boston two and three a little bit. Coyle, DeBrusque, and Bjork, mostly just Coyle and DeBrusque. Um, so I think there's a couple secondary options here. But if we think the match is going to go, as you said, uh, hard for me to get behind a lot of Montre uh, Montreal. I'm already looking to talk about Montreal. We'll, we'll get there. I need to slow down here. Islanders won. Um, it's going to be tough for me to play a lot of them. I do have uh, ownership. Alex actually did write it earlier. You can find it on Fantasy Cruncher. Um, but it's not yet up on the site, so I'm guessing he's just going to rerun it. And he had Bergeron at... Uh, 7%. So looking through Marchand at six, Pasternak uh, closer to 8%. So I think we're going to get pretty low ownership. There's not a ton of cheap lines that I love tonight. So it's just a matter of like, can we pair them with a, a reasonable line that's not going to be duped 10 ways if you do hit the nuts. So 
that's kind of always the case with Boston, but it is a really tough matchup. I mean, the uh, Islanders one is not a pushover line by any means. Um, so it kind of just cancels them out for me. I don't think I'm going to have more than, you know, three, four lineups uh, of each in my 150 maxes. And I, I would avoid them for like the higher stakes and the single entry stuff. Um, I'd be more likely to use the second or third lines on the Boston side. Any guys on the blue line you want to mention? Like I see Charlie McAvoy at 5,100. I know he's not on the power play. He seems like he's bringing good peripherals, gets a lot of minutes. I, I just find it, you know, pretty hard to stuff him in, in this matchup, you know, without the power play minutes, you know, even though, like I said, the Islanders don't take a ton of penalties. Uh, for me, it's probably just back to Dobson if I have some Islanders, but I'd, you know, I've already done my lineup, so I don't have any Islanders. So, um, you know, other than if you want to play Varlamov, you know, he's cheap enough, should see some volume because it is Boston after all. So I don't mind Varlamov for 7,300, but um, that's kind of where I'm sitting. I'm going to, uh, if Boston's going to come in at like six, seven, eight percent, then I'm going to rethink that. I might get one or two in. I was more worried that they'd be in like the mid teens. So, um, that might change my stance on Boston one a little bit, but I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going out and putting in like 20 or 25% Boston one. Yeah. I mean, if the ownership sticks at six, 7%, I don't think like no one's ever going to be like, wow, you're, you're a fish for playing 6% on Boston one right. on a eight game slate. Like they're an awesome line. They can pretty much overcome any matchup. Um, especially after the Boston knock zero, I, I would imagine he's not going to get zero again. Maybe you could see an explosion there like you could talk yourself into playing boston so definitely get that uh just very price prohibitive let's go to tampa and florida 3.1 implied total for the lightning 2.6 for the panthers vasilevsky likely and uh sergey bobrovsky for the panthers question here we were talking about just before the show is whether or not Anthony Sorelli is going to play. I'm seeing right now it's point Pilat and Sorelli on that top line. Uh, no Stamco season, the COVID protocol, or as they call it, a lower, he's had a lower body injury. Um, they got pulled off the ice or, or something. I don't know. Weird situation there. Uh, at, you know, it's Florida. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm not seeing a ton that I like here either. But with the game time decision, you might get some low ownership on Tampa one, and they've still got a pretty good implied total. What do you like here? Like, I'm wondering about the ownership because I think people might just assume that Sorelli's playing. Cause like you said, our, the lineup sites have Sorelli in the lineup. Now we're bringing him up because in their last game, they played on Thursday night. Sorelli didn't play like the last nine or 10 minutes of the game. And we haven't seen an update from him since. Um, and it's pretty important because he's playing on the top line, top power play unit. Like this is like a really important piece uh, to the slate tonight. Uh, I just don't know where his ownership's going to end up because, like I said, the lineup sites have him in, but he might be out. So um, it is one of those things where, like, if if we get word that he's in, I might change some lineups around to jam him in. Uh, but at the same time my focus here has honestly been Tampa three. Uh, they're a lot like, first of all, they're a line that if you want to use Boston one, they can absolutely fit in. Like they are, you know, they're all under 4k. I think good, good draws under 3k. So like you can pretty easily fit in that stack uh, with your Boston ones, but they're also putting up pretty good, like underlying numbers, like, which isn't a shock because they did that last year. 
um, in the playoffs when they were put together. But more than anything is that they should probably get matched up uh, against Florida's second line. And I know uh, we said the same thing on Thursday and then Florida went out and put the beat down on them. But like that was Stamkos getting pulled off, you know, right at warmups with the COVID protocol or whatever. So um, I'm not really taking a whole lot of stock into that game. Um, I'm going right back to that uh, Tampa three. Um, I'm putting them in with like my, I'll probably have them with a Boston one somewhere. And I'll probably also have them uh, with my Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner lineups. Um, that's pretty much the only case where I think you need to go down to Tampa three. What's interesting for me here is that Florida third line, uh, Losterainen, Tippett, and Vetrano. Like they've been fine, I'd say, like maybe like an average line, an average second or third line. Uh, but they should get the second line from Tampa. Now the second line from Tampa with Anthony Sorelli there was bad. Like, and he's one of the best defensive centers in the league. I just think Tyler Johnson is completely cooked at this point. Like, remember before the season started, they put Tyler Johnson on waivers. He didn't even make the opening night roster. That's how bad Tyler Johnson is now. So if Tyler Johnson's the sec second line center. I want to go into that matchup as, like, not as much as I can. I'm like not going out, going to put 30% Florida three in my lineups, but I'm going to make sure I have some Tippett, make sure I have some Detrano, make sure I have some two-mans or maybe throw them in with Lusterainen. Because I do think that Tampa 2 matchup, if Sorelli doesn't play, is one that can be exploited. And absolutely no one will be on Florida 3 tonight. So, like, you don't need to go heavy. Like, if you're playing 20 lineups, you probably need them in one. Could be double the field. But I think Florida 3, pending Sorelli's status, could be a good match tonight. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, another line that you could fit with uh, some Boston 1 if you wanted to get some extra exposure there. Um. Yeah, I'm just really going to be paying attention to what happens with Sorelli. It looks like Tampa is going to get some ownership. I would imagine, though, uh, like our ownership projections are ran as if all the players are going to play. Uh, I would think we're going to get some decreased ownership on uh, Sorelli if he is indeed in, like you said, top line, top power play. If that's the case, uh, I would be playing a bunch of Tampa 1. Just don't quite know yet. Uh, on the Florida side, I'm attacking it with some power play stacks. I'm not going to talk bad about our Lord and Savior, uh, Alex Wenberg, who's got three goals in each of his, la uh, in, uh, his last three games, I think. Um, so he's got a nice little streak going on. Still not really attempting the shots uh, in the volume we would like to see, but he hasn't killed you the last three slates. Um, pretty, I mean, decent second line, but I'd rather just try to get Barkoff in um, go with more of a power play stack with Huberto Hornquist. Um, this top line had a pretty rough go of it. Uh, Connolly, Verhage, and Barkoff. And uh, it's the same matchup as it was a couple nights ago with uh, if Sorelli's going to be in. So um, prefer the Florida power play stack. Might get some of that four to three. And then Tampa three, uh, I like the call there. I'm always down for some Tampa three. Their price doesn't really come up, but they produce like a decent line. So I'm not sure what's going on with the DK algorithm, uh, but I like the way that uh, that line, like you can pretty much do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup if you put that line in. So always like that. You can pay up for some defensemen. Um, Headman, 7,100, not a guy that I'm playing, I don't think, without a lot of Tampa stacks. There's a couple other defensemen that I'm more interested in tonight. Ekblad, Yandel, um, the pricing difference make like would point you to Yandel, but I, 
I'm trying to get Ekblad in if I can. Uh, I hate the double defenseman on the power play. Messes up my power play stacks uh, when I'm trying to get a, like a two-man elsewhere with uh, centers and wings. But, uh, yeah, Florida four-man power play stacks, probably I'm going to go with uh, one of the defensemen. Um, but I, I don't really love the spot for them. Yeah, and, and don't – yeah, don't – Breck. I mean, Breck Connolly top line, he, he was a surprise starter in the last game, scored the empty netter. Uh, he's playing on the top line with Alexander Barakov. He's 2,900, and he's – like I said in our chat on Thursday, he's – for three years, he was one of the top five V5 goal scorers in the NHL. For me, like I don't play cash games, but I don't see how Brett Connolly's not a free square on this slate. Wow. Yeah, I – 2,900, Barakov's winger. He's a great goal scorer. Like I don't – I don't – I mean, it checks all the boxes. Sub yeah. 3K. I, you're right. I shouldn't be just like completely dismissing four to one. I mean, I got to rethink this one. I don't know. I'll be in Slack. Let's see. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not jamming in Florida one as a stack. I don't think it's worth it as a stack tonight. But Brett Connolly one off 2900 for cash games. I, mean, I, I like already. I can see our. our <laughs> I imagine our our slackers are uh, telling me how bad Brett Connolly is, but. <laughs> I'm sure uh, we, we get a little bit of that a lot, a lot of bad takes being thrown around usually on my end so uh, I'm kind of used to that Chernak 2800 oh yeah yeah one of our better uh, defense uh, defensive values project for over seven DK points speaking and, of better Chernak any guesses who leads the Tampa Bay Lightning and shot rate at five on five is it Eric Chernak wow the whole team number two is Victor Hedman Two defensemen are leading them in shot rate. Is that just, I mean, I guess I don't know a ton about actual hockey. Uh, I just watch and enjoy it. Very, very rare. Is is that just something they're trying to push with their defensemen, or is it just two guys that are just throwing everything at the net? I have no idea what's going on because that's, it's something that's very, very unusual. If you like, if you go back and look at uh, Tampa's stats from last year, I'm, just pulling them up here on natural stat trick. If anybody wants to take a look at the stats that we're looking at, we pull them up on natural, natural stat trick last year, their top seven shooters were all forwards. Oh, so like, I don't know what's going on there. And the reason I bring that up is I'm trying to talk myself into $7,000 Sergey Bobrovsky. And I'm thinking, well, you know, Stamkos is out. Kucherov is out. The defensemen are taking all the shots. Like, you know, do all, 7k Bobrovsky but the thing is there's another goalie that's even cheaper later in the slate but in a much better spot so I don't think there's much need to go there yeah all right uh let's move it on to Montreal Toronto premier game of the slate I think 3.1 implied total for Montreal 3.4 for Toronto Carey Price and Freddie Anderson are your likely goalies here um I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with the Montreal lines. Is it going to be Tatar with Dano and Gallagher? Is that your thought? Or are they going to stick to Foley up there still? Cause I saw it didn't really stay. Yeah. It didn't really, it didn't really stick. I'm assuming they're probably going to run to Foley, but like, honestly, outside the second line, I think people have to be aware that those, that first and third line could change pretty quickly in that game. And that's a little bit of a problem. Yeah. So what I'm seeing on my screen right now is Dano Tatar Gallagher. That's probably what you're going to see on Fantasy Cruncher. Uh, you might have to just make those switches if you are using Fantasy Cruncher through us. 
Um, so, you know, we'll post the lines in Slack whenever we get in Montreal. Beat writers are pretty good about getting those out um, 25 minutes or so before the game. Um, Armia looks like he's going to be uh, ready to go. I can't remember if he was in last game. On the Toronto side, Tavares Nylander, Mikiev looks like it's going to be that second line, Engvall, with Kerfoot and BC on the third line. No changes to the top line. You got top line, top power play, Zach Hyman up there for 5K with Matthews and Marner. Looks like this line, let's see, I believe they're at the top of ownership. Yeah, Matthews, Marner, and Hyman all at least 17% owned in the earlier run of ownership. What are you doing with the Leafs here? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'm not doing is I'm not uh, going into the second line, Tavares, Dealand, or Mikheyev. Um, I know Mikheyev is a guy that we talk about a fair bit, probably way more than we should. Um, I don't think he's very good uh, personally. Like At the very least, he's not very good offensively, and that's, you know, that's something that, that, that this – that, not that that line needs offense, but they need players that can play with them. And I'm not sure McCabe is that guy. Um, we'll see whether or not that that's the case. But more than anything is Tavares, Nylander, McCabe, I think will probably go into the Dano line. And whether it's Gallagher into Foley or Gallagher into Tar, I don't want anything to do with that matchup. So even though it's going to be, you know, higher ownership, I'm going to the Matthews, Marner, Hyman line. Their numbers, whether this year or last year are just foolishly good. Um, Montreal is still one of the most penalized teams in the league. In fact, they're tied for first with St. Louis for taking the most penalties per game. Now I know Toronto splits up their power play units, but if you give Austin Matthews four or five minutes of power play time in a game, he's probably going to make you regret that. So I'm going in on that, uh, on the Toronto top line, Matthews Marner, and Hyman, I know it's probably not going to be a great matchup because I think they're going to see Suzuki and Anderson. Uh, but honestly, there's no real great matchups in this game. Like if you're playing players out of this game and you're looking for a good matchup, you're not going to get it. So like you kind of you kind of just have to go with who has good, the best offensive numbers, I guess, or great offensive numbers. And for me, that's the Toronto top line. So Matthews, Marner, uh, Riley, I'm going to definitely make sure I have some Hyman in there. But on the flip side, like, I do have interest in that Montreal three line. Like, Kotkaniemi, Armia, and, like, I'm going to assume it's Tatar for now. Like, Kotkaniemi, Armia, uh, both on the same PP unit. Um, they're both cheap. Like, if again, they're one of those mini stacks that, if you know, if you want to fit in an expensive Boston one, I, I probably wouldn't game stack with Toronto. I think the slate is too big for a game stack. Uh, but especially if you want Boston one. Um, or maybe, you know, even Chicago or Chicago power play stack later, uh, you're going to need some cheap players. Kaka and the Amiya have been look good all year to tire there. Shouldn't hurt them. So I do like that Montreal third line, uh, kind of like a filler stack or as a two man or something like that. Um, but for me, it's going to be the Montreal top line is actually where I have most of my ownership. Uh, right now I have Gallagher to to Foley. Like I said, I don't think Mikhail does that second line for Toronto any favors. And if there is a matchup weakness that you can exploit, I think that's probably the one. Um, so I'm going to go in on that Montreal top line, but I'm kind of spreading it out. Like usually I would just pick one Montreal line and hope they hit, but I think I'm going to split between Montreal and Montreal one and Montreal three. So 
you know, maybe like two or three out of 20 of my lineups is going to have either of those. And then I'll have five or six with Toronto one. Yeah, I think I'm also going to be kind of spreading it out with Montreal. I, I pretty much have all season. The most important thing is just getting the lines right, or at least how they start. Um, I, I have no clue what they're going to do with the Deneau line, but it's going to be Deneau, Gallagher, and someone. So that's going to be the line I think I have the most of. I'm going to force in some Suzuki, Druen, and uh, Anderson stacks as well. Just really awesome five-on-five numbers. Montreal is just a tough five-on-five matchup for anyone. So uh, that being the case, I don't think I'm going to be heavy on the Leafs. Um, I usually like don't have the balls to like fade them entirely. So when I'm low on them in the uh, like the MME stuff, when I'm, when I know I'm going to be underweight, I usually throw them in a higher dollar lineup as sort of a hedge. I'll probably do that tonight because they're just such a good line. It is a good spot. Like highest total on the slate. I think it's foolish to outright fade Toronto one. Um, but I think in the MME stuff, I'm going to be below the field on them. Uh, just like some other lines at um, much lower ownership. So nothing really against them. Same thing with the Tavares, Nylander, uh, Mikiev line as well. Cheap, pretty good filler, but I think some of those lineups are going to be really duplicated. Um, they look like one of the favorites for people to pop in. So a little more interested in the Montreal side, good total for them as well. But um, yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of ownership on that side. So I like it. Um, I'll be all over Montreal one, two, and I'm sure I'm going to have some three, uh, whoever they put on the line, whether it's Tatar or, um, or Toffoli. What about defensemen here? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause somebody, Greg beans in, in chat asked what's up with Shea Weber. Um, and it's something I talked about in our premium slack a couple days ago. Um, Weber's shot rate is the lowest of his career. Um, whether you look at shots per game or, um, you know, shot rate, like per 60 minutes, they're the lowest of his career with like lower than when he was playing 17 minutes as a rookie 15 years ago. Um, his shot, his block shot blocking rate is down a half block per game from last year. I don't know what's going on, but if, you know, if Shea Weber is taking one and a half shots per game. I'm not paying $5,700 for him. It's just that simple. Like this isn't any case where like maybe he's missing the net and it's a small sample earlier in the season. Like I said, his shot rate per 60 at five on five is the lowest of his career. Um, my, my guess other than just straight age rated decline is age related decline is um, that there's some sort of injury, but that's just guessing on my part. So for me, like for defensemen, I'm going Riley in my um, Toronto, like my Matthew stacks. I have some one-off uh, Muzzins somewhere. Um, I don't think I have anyone from Montreal. I think Petrie's starting to get too expensive. I don't want to play Weber. Romanoff's not on the power play anymore. Sherrod's, <laughs> knocking on the door 5k like I'm not paying that much for him so um I don't have much for Montreal I think Victor Mete would be the guy to use he's stone cold min price coming in for Brett Kulak tonight um if you want a min price punt he's not bad uh like Montreal is always a tough team to stack just because of how much they split up the power play time like how the forwards are dispersed uh in terms of their power play correlation so uh, I usually don't format stack them too often. I'll probably get some uh, Weber and uh, Petrie in there with like the guys that do correlate somewhat. Um, on the Toronto side, it's much cleaner. It's Riley, pretty good price for him at 5,200 with 
the highest implied total on the slate. So I'm down for some of that um, and not a whole, a whole lot uh, after. So Columbus, Chicago, 2.7 implied total for the Blue Jackets, 2.8 for the Hawks. It's going to be Corpus Allo. It's going to be Kevin Lankinen uh, for the Blackhawks. Uh, we saw Suter with Debrinkat and Kane uh, last. Was that yeah? That was last game, uh, the six-five game. Strom, Yanmark, and Kubalik. And then I think the Blue Jackets lines for the most part stuck, but they're live to uh, get split up. Always, um, it is a pretty decent spot for the Blue Jackets. The Hawks aren't that terrible defensively so far this season, um, but only a 2.7 implied total for the Jackets kind of tells you what Vegas thinks of them. What are you attacking in this game? So I write about season-long fantasy hockey over at DauberHockey.com, and I actually wrote about Columbus a couple days ago. Their numbers are, like, bad. I mean bad. Their expected goals against so far this year is worse than Buffalo and Nashville, and their expected goal share, uh, it's the third worst in the league. Like they're only be like on Thursday, they were only ahead of the Kings in expected goal share. Winnipeg just had a really bad game against Ottawa, so Winnipeg just fell below them. Columbus is at the bottom of the league by expected goal share. Um, one thing I looked into is Seth Jones. Um, his numbers are just god off. I mean, like he doesn't even look like an NHL defenseman when he's on the ice. It's just brutal. Um, and when I looked at some of his shot numbers, he's taking a lot of high danger shots, which means it looks like Seth Jones is trying to create offense on his own and get to the net. And that might be leaving them vulnerable defensively. And I mean, you don't need to, you don't need to really be a genius to figure that one out. Columbus is bought in 10 by goals allowed this year. So like, I have a lot of interest going back to that Chicago top line again, um, Suter to bring Kat Kane. I'm going right back to the well. I mean, if they blow up in my face, then so be it. But one, they have really good numbers together this year. Not like super, not like super great, but they have good numbers together this year. Two, two out of three of them play on the power play together. They have long, a long, you know, caning to bring out of long, have a long history of chemistry together. So I'm not worried about that. Um, they're probably going to go into that Rosvik line, a Atkinson line. And like Rosvik's hot streak since he got traded aside, we had years of middling nothing from him. And we know Patrick Lyon is a liability defensively. So if you have already benched. Yeah, exactly. He got him benched. So if you have that Chicago top line that's playing well offensively, going into a good first-line matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets, even if with Zach Wierenski back, if Seth Jones is going to keep jumping up into the play and leaving them exposed on the back end, I'm f- I don't care. Go ahead. That's just more shots for Lankin in the stop. He'd rather stop him from a defenseman than a forward anyway. Like, I'm going right back to the Chicago top line. One thing we should note is that Nicholas Bodanek took over the top PP duties for Chicago. And that saves a lot of money off the stack because the Brinkhead and Kane are starting to get expensive. And, and Bodang from Keith saves you $1,500 on DraftKings. So that's a nice little bit of savings there. Uh, you want, if you want to throw Dylan Strom or something like that on, you know, for some added power play exposure or whatever, that's fine. But Columbus doesn't take a ton of power plays or penalties anyway. So I'm mostly focusing on the five on five top line of Suter, Kane, the Brinkhead. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I was hoping you would mention them. Um, they're getting some ownership just because Kane and Brink got it together and relatively 
well, they're not even that affordable for what they're usually priced at. Now that I'm thinking of it, I thought Sewer was much cheaper. Uh, yeah, I was getting to a bunch of uh, Hawks in my first couple runs through. Um, it's like with Columbus, I don't know if I'm like doing the right thing with them or if I should just choose kind of one line or maybe two lines to play and X out the other two. I, I, I don't really know how to treat them. Uh, not overly impressed with what I'm seeing uh, for Columbus either. You said their numbers are bad. Uh, and uh, yeah, 2.7 goals. I don't know. I mean, I guess I would probably go to the Stenland line just because they're cheap. But uh, yeah, I don't really have a ton to add on Columbus. Kind of a lost team right now. So I mean, their expected goal share is under 45%, and they're 15 games into the season. Like, this isn't a small sample anymore. This is about a sample where we start incorporating year-to-date stats. Like, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Blackhawks. Noted Blackhawks hater. Uh, and I am going pretty heavy on them, it looks like. Finally get to uh, being on the fun when Debrinkat gets his hat trick. I'm always left out of those nights, but tonight I, I will not be. All right. Uh, before we move on to the second half of the slate, just want to remind everyone we do have the uh, top stacks tool for free today for NHL, NBA big board free, and the MMA projections are also free. We got a bunch more shows coming on after this. Uh, we've got an NBA show. We've got uh, we got a multiple NBA shows. We've got uh, the MMA show as well. Big slate there. I think they got 150k at first over on DK and some other sites with some uh, big tournaments as well. We've got a bunch of good guys doing content for us on the YouTube channel. Just subscribe to the channel. You'll know when everyone goes live, and uh, you can watch your favorite shows. Really, no downside to subscribing if you like the stuff we do, and that's one of the ways that you can help us uh, continue to grow at uh, no cost yourself if you want to join osmo plus uh, we've got an osmo plus weekly pass for 29.95 this includes everything on the site you can add on fantasy cruncher for an additional charge if you would like uh, and if you're only looking to play nhl you've got an nhl weekly pass for just under 12 dollars 11.95 with that you would get projections ownership projections the top stack tool again that's free for today so go check that out if you haven't already the lineup builder and premium slack very valuable for some uh, late changes. So we're going to be in Slack, uh, especially for the first few games that lock right at 7 Eastern because we've got a number of question marks there. And then throughout the night, I'll continue to update projections if uh, there's anything that needs to be updated throughout the night. What do we got here? Detroit, Nashville, 2.4 implied total for the Red Wings, 3 for the Preds, Grice, Rene Saros, I never know. I usually just put in Saros in the projections because he's the more expensive guy and just go from there. Um, he's, he's usually a little bit more expensive. Yeah, I, I think they're going back to Rene tonight because he's going to Rene Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'll put Rene in. Um, the projection for those guys is going to basically stay the exact same. Um, do you like anything in this game? I mean, Detroit on the road. They haven't been terrible defensively. Uh, and then Nashville, again, not an overly impressive team, kind of like what we were talking about with Columbus. So what's there to like here? So one thing I want to talk about is the Nashville top line, because we talked about them. It, it, we talked about them in Slack a bit on Thursday. Uh, and it's because we talked about them because Luke Cunning was on the top line 
uh, super cheap, and he does have a good shot rate uh, for his career. This is where I'm gonna. This is where I take issue with stacking the Nashville top line and Luke Cunning. Is Luke Cunning is a completely one-dimensional player. He could shoot. He's maybe not even a good shooter, but he shoots a lot. Like there's a there's a difference between being a good shooter and a volume shooter, right? Like I wouldn't necessarily call Brendan Gallagher a good shooter, but he takes 300 shots a year, so he's going to score 25 goals. Like Luke Cunning's not to that level, but I just want to bring it back to chemistry a bit because. Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson aren't necessarily playmakers. Like if you look at shot assists, we brought them up on a prior show, which is passes in the offensive zone that lead to shots. Like Philip Forsberg's outside the 30th percentile. Um, Victor Arvidsson's like the 50th percentile. Uh, like Luke Cunnan's barely registers. Like these guys don't pass. Uh, like they're, they're good at transition. They're good at getting the puck out of the defensive zone and getting you know, moving towards the offensive zone. But once they get there, they're all shooters. And I think of the Los Angeles, the old Los Angeles second line of Pearson, Carter, and Toffoli. They had a great playoffs, like in like 2014 or whatever it was. But the problem was after that is they're all shooters. None of them are playmakers. Like they, they would score goals, but you wouldn't see a lot of correlated goals. You wouldn't see a lot of massive nights from them. One thing was they're in a poor offensive environment. Another thing I think is that they're all shooters. So that's kind of what's shying me away from Nashville one a little bit is I don't like Cunning in that role. Like I'd honestly rather have Eric Haller there because I think Hall is a bit of a better playmaker. Like Luke Cunning, he's just not a good, he's just not a good NHLer. Like I don't think he's, uh, he's definitely not a top line center. Um, I don't even think he's a third or fourth line center. Like he has a good shot rate and that's literally it. So like, like you said, Detroit hasn't been a pushover defensively. Like I think the point in favor of Nashville is one, they're not expensive, right? Like Cunnan's under 4k, Victor Evers is 5,300 on DraftKings. So they're not expensive to stack, even with Forsberg at almost 7,000. And the other is that Nashville typically uses their top line against the depth of the opponents. So you won't get Cunning and Forsberg and Arvidsson going up against Larkin. But like, honestly, I think the depth might be harder for Detroit now because that, you know, Larkin playing with Matthias Brome and Philip Zadina, that's not a tough matchup. I'd rather have the Nashville top line go into that matchup than go up against Darren Helm and Adam Ernie, Vladislav Nemesnikov. Like uh, that's, it's truthful. So like I'm out on Nashville one. I'll probably have like a, a sub two mans of like Duchesne Granlin, maybe one or two. I have more interest in Detroit too. Uh, not necessarily like a full stack, but like two manning Fabry and Ryan or something like that uh, in my Boston ones or in my Toronto ones or, or something like that. It's just, you know, Anthony Manta and Philip Hronick, you know, Manta's on the third line, him and Hronick are both playing power play too. Like, this is just a mess, a complete disaster of a game. So like, like I said, I might have some two mans of like Duchesne Granlin or Fabry Ryan or something like that. But other than that, it's going to be one offing, a lot of Yossi, uh, a lot of Yossi, one offing, some Ellis, like one offing Fabry, like those types of things. I'm not, I don't think I have a single three man stack out of this entire game. I mean, if you're using the projections on the site, you're going to get a bunch of Nashville one. Whether or not you want to play that is a different story. I think for me, I'm going to limit them to – I don't want Nashville one being one of my highest exposed lines of the night. And, like, if I just use projections, I think that'd be the case. 
because of their price, because of how like they project as pretty decent values. You get two guys in the top power play, you get to throw in Yossi and you've got a pretty affordable four man or Ellis, if you like him for 6,200. Um, so I'm going to mute my uh, Nashville exposure uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, Conan's not great, but he does shoot a little bit. The correlated goals thing is the concern. I, I never really thought about that when you got three shooters on one line. Um, Cause we're looking for the full line goals. Like that's the best thing someone could say or the worst, I guess, if you're anti-sweating line, but like in Slack, someone's like full line goal. That's awesome. But if you think that it's um, not very likely with this trio, then uh, that's definitely something to think about on the Detroit side. Not a whole lot that I can get behind. Um, maybe Samantha, but it looks like he's not even on the top power play. He's not listed there on our lineup builder. No, he was on this. Him and Veronica are on the second power play unit. Yeah, that's that's bad. So maybe Samantha one offs. You could go Nemestikov, Mantha two man. I, I I don't know. It, Detroit's a mess. Detroit's a mess. You said it the best. So I think I'm good on uh, the rest of this game. Oh, your screen just turned green for me. Uh, is it is it green for you, Jordan? All right. Uh, I was like, what just happened? To my computer. Am I what's? Anyways. Do you have anything else in this game? Uh, I mean, I don't mind Grice because he's cheap, but that's about it. All right. I'm just looking at a green screen of you. Uh, like you're, you're just like entire thing is tinted green. Okay. Let me try this. All right. Uh, still green. Um, but anyways, I think we're good there. You said a ton of Yossi. So when he doesn't do anything, feel free to yell at Cliffy instead of me about Yossi for once, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm hammering him. I got to like 60%. I don't know if I'll get 60% by the time we get to lock, uh, just cause I've been trying to not go as heavy on some of these defensemen just to get some unique lineup constructions. Um, but he'll be out there for me, probably my highest exposed player tonight. Ellis, another good option. If you want to do the double D stack, feel free. This is about as good as it gets, but it's going to be costly 13, two for, uh, two defensemen on the same team. Carolina, Dallas, 2.9 implied total for the Canes, 2.6 for the Stars. Another kind of ugly game. We got all the good ones out of the way towards the beginning there. It's going to be uh, Alex Naled- Nedeljkovic, I think is how you pronounce the name. Yeah, that's close enough. Oranger for the Stars. Boy, uh, I feel like I've said this about a few games so far, but there is not a ton to like at first glance. Is there anything I'm missing out on? For this game, Cliffy? Uh, not for me. I think Dallas is still far too expensive to use. I mean, Pavelski is uh, still over 7K. Klingberg still way too expensive. Like, I'm pretty much just out on Dallas entirely tonight. If you want to use, like, I have Jake Ottinger. I think he's he's going to be starting. Uh, Carolina does shoot the puck quite a bit. So, um, Jake Ottinger is a goalie that I like tonight. Both teams take a lot of penalties. So I think if you want a power play stack, like I'm, I do have one of my lineups is a full on Carolina power play stack, like Stahl, Trocek, uh, Aho, Hamilton, like the works. So um, I do have a Carolina power play stack. Um, I have a couple like Stahl, Fogel, Svetch lines. Uh, I think it's just a great line. And I would even leave Fogel there because he's, he's cheap enough. Um, 
but that's pretty much it. Like, I don't have a lot. I'm with you. I don't have a lot out of this game. I think Brett Pesci is one of my favorite defensemen um, on the night. He's still really cheap, playing 23, 24 minutes. One thing I want to mention is Nito Niederreiter kind of looks like a completely different player now. Uh, he's third in the entire league in shot rate this year. Um, like, it's just ridiculous, like, how well he's playing. So when I say I don't have it, like – I have interest in Carolina. I'm using power play stacks. That's probably going to leave Nieder Ryder off of some of my lineups um, just because he doesn't play on the power play with them. But he's a guy I want to mention as a one-off. Like he's not going to be owned. Um, I don't think because he's on the second power play unit, he's only 4,200 on DK. And like I said, he's just shooting the, the, I was going to swear there's, but I won't. He's shooting the heck out of the puck. Um, So, Yeah, so Nino Niederreiter is one of my favorite one-offs on the slate. But yeah, that for me, I, like I said, I've I've won maybe two stacks of Carolina power play, uh, some Jake Ottinger, uh, one-off Niederreiter. That's about it for me. So your screen turned back to normal just randomly uh, while you were talking there, and uh, so George and I were were laughing. The chat uh, doesn't know what's going on either, so. Um, I'm not, I'm not crazy guys. I, I guess someone must be hacking into your screen or something. Maybe they didn't like the conspiracy talk prior to the show. Uh, so we made some people angry. Yeah. Uh, we'll note that going forward, 2,900 yeah. left Connolly or, or, uh, Chernak. Oh, Connolly. Con- oh, wow. I thought you were going to say Chernak. All right. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd probably go with the like, forward. Yeah, like, I, I might. Have, I might have to write like a two thousand word column on Brett Connolly and post it on the <laughs> site at some point because this he is a good goal scorer and he's playing with Sasha Barkov and he's under three k. Use him. All right, Connolly night. You guys heard whoa, it here. Whoa, 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 no, we're not going that far yet. It's only one person's night. And we're getting to that all game right. next. All right, all right. Ooh, I'm actually. I actually don't know who it's going to be. Okay, let me quick talk about what I've got in this game. Maybe my least exposed game. I like to call on – I don't like the Carolina lines. I guess Trocek, Niederreiter, and McGinn. That's not really a third line, I don't think. So if that's going to be a thing, um, I'm in for some of that. Uh, Martinuk on Ajo's line, like I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, they split up Aho and Svechnikov. They've been jumbling their lines uh, quite a bit. So maybe some Carolina two, maybe some Carolina three, quote unquote, stall on the Trocheck lines. Or if you wanted to just play their best players, you could just go power play stack. Um, but then you're leaving out Niederreiter. So um, yeah, he's he's been pretty solid so far this season. Stars, I, I can't stand the stars. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not a great spot at five on five. I don't really love Kiviranta up there for 4,400. Pavelski is priced still sky high at 7,600. So again, if you wanted to power place that, like if you think there's going to be some goals here, kind of don't hate just running like a four or five man PP stack on either side, hope for some penalties. And uh, we've seen weirder things happen. We've seen these five and a half total games blow up for 11 goals. We just saw one the other night, Columbus and Chicago. So who knows, but uh, I don't have a ton of analysis for this game uh, or really anything useful uh, that I want to talk about. Even the defenseman, Alexiak, maybe 3,400. I don't know. Going to play some minutes. Yeah, uh, that'd be about 20 it. plus. And... 
That's Josh's guy, though, so I don't want to steal his bit. Let's go to St. Louis and Arizona. 2.9 implied total for the Blues, 2.6 for the Yotes. This is, like, not even kidding. I think this is the seventh game in a row that these two teams have played. They played a handful in St. Louis. Now they go to Arizona, play a handful there. Because teams uh, can't control COVID across their locker rooms. Who would have thought? Um, who's, whose night is it tonight, then? I, I don't know. I'm, is it Garland night? Yeah, okay. it's Garland night tonight. Um, Vaughn and I were talking about it in chat a little bit earlier today, but it is like, so here's the deal with St. Louis is last game. They really jumbled their lines towards the end. Um, Schwartz and Shen played with Cairo and Perron and Hoffman in the third period. So like the St. Louis lines might be a little bit screwy, but one thing Arizona has been doing consistently, no matter what is sending out Schmaltz, Garland and Keller, their top line against the bottom six from the opponent. And with Robert Thomas injured for St. Louis, they're actually Robert Thomas and Tyler Bozak both like two thirds of their of their third line are out. So it's Hoffman, Sunkfist, and Sanford, and that's just not a good line. Like they don't scare me matchup wise whatsoever. I don't care if it's St. Louis or not. So I like I know Schmaltz and Garland. Like to put them in with Chikrin, it's starting to get a little bit expensive. Like it's 18k just for those three guys, and then you're going up to over 22 if you throw in Garland. Um, but I like their offensive numbers are stupid good this year, like well, well, well above average. Like we're looking at 2.6 uh expected goals for per 60 minutes, which is like way above average. Um, Schmaltz and Garland are playing the power play together. Like Garland's been a shooting machine this year, um, just like he was last year. And I watched the game last night. Like Garland's just a smart player. Like he was making plays along the boards. Like it's it's hard to explain, but he was making plays that left his his teammates open with more options than if he hadn't. Um, like he's just a really really smart player. So when you have that Arizona top line going up against a third and fourth lines from St. Louis, like I'm completely in on Arizona one tonight. Um, I hate, you know, I don't want to get all bold, but like this, it seems like a really good matchup form. Uh, you can throw in Chikrin on the point uh, for some added power play exposure. If you want like St. Louis, like I mentioned earlier in the show, they're one of the most penalized teams in the league. So, like, if you're going to give them a good matchup at five on five and a lot of power plays, like on a slate where there aren't a ton of obvious spots, like, I really like the 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 Arizona top line here tonight. So, I think it's Connor Garland night. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like when you look at this trio of players, I'm used to like Schmaltz, Keller, and Garland being priced at like 4,500 on DK and against St. Louis, no less. Uh, but if St. Louis is going to take a bunch of penalties, like that's like and their power play and time, back, and so they're back goalie in that. Yeah. Really so, is it going to be Huso? Yeah. Okay. And then Ranta. I, I don't think I said that uh, to start off, but yeah, I, I had Bennington in there just in case he starts and you don't know, get screwed with not having a goalie. You could swap down to, but uh, I'll put in Huso. I think I had Ranta in there earlier, but if not, I'll fix that. Ownership is being worked on. A few people uh, asked that. Alex, uh, he's a pretty busy guy, but he'll get it up for us, uh, as he always does in a timely fashion. Arizona side, like I I was talking about their pricing, what you're used to, but if they're going to be priced like this, that's going to keep their ownership down, especially with a pretty low total. Um, And this just might be a really awesome line. And um, 
like just getting on those lines early is exactly what you want to do. Even like when they look overpriced, uh, this might be a price that isn't overpriced in two weeks or three weeks if they continue up this type of production. So I'm in uh, on some schmaltzing Garland. Like I noticed Garland was just shooting everything for the first, I don't know, two weeks of the season. I haven't really been playing much of him, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Arizona one. Uh, it's Garland night. It's the top power play correlation. Chikrin, 5,500. He's been shooting a lot, uh, playing a bunch of minutes as well. So, uh, yeah, I like Arizona 1 plus Chikrin. And then I'll probably have some St. Louis 2, Shen Schwartz and Kairou. Just a believer in that line. They've got fantastic numbers at 5 on 5. Um, all on the power play together. I don't know what, what they call it, the top unit or the second unit, but it's going to be split. Darn Krug's unit. So, for what that's worth. And then uh, for a two-man, Sunquist Hoffman, uh, I like those guys as a two-man forward stack. Anything else in this one? Uh, no, not really. I think that's – I mean, I like I like Jordan Orsley, but he, now that OEL's back, he's off the power play, so I don't think you really need to play him. All right. Uh, so people, they, they like the Garland call. All right, there we go. Garland's awesome. Garland's nasty. Uh, bit all over Garland every game against St. Louis. Yeah, they're they're in. So I'm late, but maybe the ownership will be pretty low on them, and uh, you know I'll get the big blow up performance tonight. I'm hoping so. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a brutal night if they lay an egg here, though. Seems like people are on the train. Last game of the night: Calgary, Vancouver, three point one implied total for the Flames, two point eight for the Canucks. Markstrom and Demko actually just got confirmed. It looks like. What do you like in this game? So, in our last show, you brought up Vancouver, or I think no, I was hosting with Josh, and Josh brought up how Vancouver's top line had been used against opposing top lines and had been getting run over pretty much all season. You're not going to believe this, but Vancouver didn't use their top line against the opposing top line last game. And Vancouver's top line just ran over Calgary. Um, the top line is Pedersen and Besser and Miller. The top line for Calgary that they usually went up against was Gojo, Kachuk, and whoever, Dubé, Lebo, doesn't matter. Um, tough matchup. But their last game, they went up against Gojo and Monaghan. Now, I think Gojo and Monaghan are going to be playing with... Uh, Sam Bennett again, <laughs> like Bennett's a fourth liner and Kojo Monahan are good defensively. Like it's a great matchup for that Vancouver line again. So I'm going right back to like, I know Vancouver lost that game three, one, but that line carried the play pretty much the whole game. So I'm going right back to Pedersen, Besser, Miller. Um, I'm mixing in some power play stacks with them. Uh, I'm mixing in, you know, double centers with Horvat because Horvat's down to $4,800 on DraftKings. Like his prices dropped like $2,000 from the first week of the season. Uh, so I do have a fair bit of Horvat uh, in as well. The thing with Calgary, like Calgary doesn't take a ton of penalties. So like that kind of mutes uh, my excitement for Vancouver power play stacks a little bit. Um, but I think think I'm going to be I'm going to be right back on that Vancouver top line because if they're going up against Gojo Omani and I think they're going to have the run of the play again um, I'm pro I don't think I'm going to have any Calgary um, in this game like 
Kachuk, like Kachuk and Lindholm, I think are, are definitely playable, but um, I think it's more of a duo. Like Calgary's been changing around their lines a little bit. So, you know, they had been playing with Dubé. Josh Leva got mixed, moved up in the last game. Like if you want two man Gojo or not Gojo, sorry, uh, Lindholm and Kachuk, I think that's fine, but I'm pretty much out on Calgary. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask you about Calgary three, because you're the expert here, uh, whether or not you have to go down to Calgary three tonight. Uh, I think you can. I like, I like Calgary three. So like do whatever you want with Lucic. If you want to play him? Fine. If you don't want to play him, I'll never tell you, you got to play Lucic, but back on Imanji Pani are the, the reasons why you want to play that line. So if you need a $2,500 winger and he fits and you're playing back on Imanji Pani, by all means, knock yourself out for that one shot on goal and probably a stupid goal that he gives up uh, to the other team. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind some Calgary three. I think that's probably my favorite line here. I, I'm pretty low on Calgary in this game. They're favored. I'll probably have some power play stacks just because, I don't know, I try to just play everyone, uh, as they say, with 150 lineups. So, But I, I think Vancouver, like this is the spot for me for Vancouver. I know Markstrom has been very good. Um, so that's the concern. Like you could be seeing a march from 40 save game potentially, but I am all over the Horvat line at uh, some, some at five on five. I mean, Pearson, Hoglander, that's fine. But, uh, especially the, uh, Patterson, Miller and Besser line, the one that you were talking about with Quinn Hughes. Um, yeah, I, I love Vancouver right now. They're my highest exposed stack Vancouver one. Uh, and then. I'll have some power play stacks in there for sure. Hope that hopefully Marsham's not elite tonight. And I think you could be seeing, you know, four or five goals for Vancouver. So, I mean, lovely some late night hammer. Riddick may even start, right? Cause Marsham's not even confirmed. I don't think. Yeah. He's not confirmed. So, uh, that you know, would be very Calgary nice. just beat them. They might think that they can beat them again with Riddick. Let's hope so. And then uh, we could get our first uh, Patterson Miller, Besser nuclear night. I don't know if they've had one so far this season. But. I think they had one super early against Montreal. Like Montreal waxed them two games in a row and then Vancouver beat them like 6-1 with four power play goals or something like that. All right. Uh, well, I'm a Montreal fan. Trust me, I remember these things. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's Pedersen, Besser, Miller night. It is Connor Garland night. And I can't remember who else. It's Lucic night. It's uh, not Luke Cunning night. So uh, a lot of good takes on this episode of the NHL DFS strategy show. If you guys got any other questions, feel free to hit us up in Slack. If you want to join, if you got questions about any of the packages, uh, osmo.com slash join, or just DM me on Twitter. I'll respond as long as you're somewhat nice uh, about it. Most of you are, I'd say 95%. Are your DMs open? Oh yeah, my DMs are open. All right, there you go. Anybody wants to ask me anything, you're fair game. All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining everybody. Thanks for producing Jordan. And uh, we will be back on Monday afternoon. Good luck tonight, everybody.